Hello, and welcome to the third season of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. You know how thankful I am that you've joined in. I really hope you had a chance to listen to last week's episode. If not, I will recap it super briefly. But today's episode is a continuation of the three-question concept. Last week, I told you that each person, individually, regardless of who they are or what stage of life they are in, should be asking themselves three questions regularly. Not just once, but repeatedly over time. We titled the episode, Believe to Achieve, because there is a connection between those two things that must never be separated. When you truly believe in something, when it is a core value in your life, you will be able to achieve great things fueled by it and related to it. So the three questions were designed to help you zone in on that because there are two common mistakes we don't want to make. Number one is working your tail off to achieve things you don't believe in. I don't know why someone would do that, but a lot of people do. Maybe it's because others have told them it's important. It has to be important to you. The other mistake we don't want to make is to truly believe in something. I mean, it's burning inside of you, and you know it's right. And yet, for whatever reason, you are not pursuing achievement as a result of it. So to quickly recap, we tried to remedy those mistakes by asking you to go through this simple process. Question one, what do you believe? I'm not asking what others tell you to believe or what the culture is pressuring you to believe. I want to know what matters to you. What do you treasure? What is true? What do you want? The follow-up question is this. Why do you believe it? What are the reasons why it is such a strong conviction or emotion in you? This is really important. Because if you can't even convince yourself that this feeling should exist, then you'll know it's time to change it. But when you can defend to yourself and to God why you have this passion, you validate it. And then question three from last week, if you happen to share this belief with someone else, would they believe you? Now, if you recall, I meant this in two ways. First of all, Would they be able to agree with you? Is your belief founded in a provable thing, in a Bible-centric thing, in a moral rightness thing? Would they be able to support you? But more than that, I mean it in a different way. If you told someone what your core belief and passion is, would they believe you based on what they see, what they hear, the achievements in your life. We want to make sure those two things measure up. 
All right, maybe that took too long. I don't know. If you want extra details, you can go back and listen to the full episode. It was motivated by a podcast I heard not too long ago. The podcast was called Chasing Excellence. It was hosted by a CrossFit trainer and author named Ben Bergeron. And in that episode, he actually posed nine questions, not three. He subcategorized them in this way. He said, there are three questions every person must ask themselves. And I shared those with you last week. I did modify them a bit, especially the third question. But then he came back and said, after that, there are three questions every business owner should regularly ask themselves. And there are three questions every athlete should be considering often. So here's what I'm going to do today and next week. I want to rebrand those titles just a little bit. In other words, I'm not just talking to business owners and athletes. I'll make a slight change in the category. For the rest of today, we'll look at three of those questions, and then we will consider the last set next week. But here's how it will be different. I don't want to just address business owners today. I want to talk to leaders. Are you a leader? There are a great many leaders in our lives. Moms leading their children. Husbands leading their families. Pastors leading churches. Employees leading teams. Maybe you are the leader of a group of community members. Maybe you lead classes. Maybe you're a teacher. Or maybe you're just a natural-born leader who tend to have people listen to you and follow you. If you fit into any of those categories, I want you to consider three important questions today and going forward. I will circle back to that in just a moment. Let me quickly tease you with next week's episode. I won't be asking three questions of athletes, but let me say this. It will include athletes. Athletes aren't people who hope to do a thing. They are doing it. They aren't people looking for motivation to go running. They're runners. They aren't people trying to become Bible students. They are Bible students. The question is, have you re-evaluated your effort? And what are questions you need to consider? So next week's episode is titled, Questions for Achievers. And I hope you'll find that helpful. I trust that's exactly what you are, and that's why you've tuned in to this podcast. All right, let's dig in on today's questions. If you are a leader of a home, a business, a church, or anyone, have you considered these things? Number one, what culture am I building? I love that word, culture. It's not easy. It's like defining the word ironic. It's right there in front of you. It's evident to people who experience it, but it's kind of hard to put your finger on. If I said, your family, your home, your people, where you live, what would you say is your culture? What are you guys about? That's not real easy to describe, is it? The truth is, we're kind of about a lot of things, but culture is bigger than just a few things here or there, sports or education or whatever. 
Culture is this feel, this sense, this aura that encompasses the whole family or team and really just sends out this message of this is who we are. And as you'll see in question three, it is most easily seen by the people outside of your family who experience you. So let me trickle that in. If you're wondering, like, what do you mean, what is the culture of our church? Maybe you're an elder or a worker in that church. You could tell me a few good things that the church is doing, and that's fine. That's a part of it. But I want to know, if a visitor walked in the door, what would they come away with? They would say, the Lindell Church is like this. This is what they are. This is who they are. It's kind of like that, what do you believe question from last week, except it's more of what do we believe? What core value are we operating on that really wraps around everything that we do and say and is visible to others? Leaders have to determine this. I'm not a good leader of my home if I just answer this question with, well, I don't know. I mean, we go to church and we love God and we kind of hang out sometimes at dinner and, you know, I'm just kind of going with the flow and the kids are growing up and I hope it ends up with a culture of faithfulness, I guess, when it's all said and done. That is reactive thinking. How can we change the culture of our home, the culture of a class that we teach or a church that we worship with, if we cannot identify what the current culture is, what we are now about as a group, nor what we want it to become? If you have a team of people who work for you or you are a business owner, what's your company about? What are the big things, the foundational things that describe who you are, that everyone in the company feels and knows, more on that in a moment, and that every customer would instantly pick up on? Basically, I'm talking about Chick-fil-A when you walk in. You kind of know what you're dealing with. You've been in there 10 seconds. I hope as you entertain this question this week that you think about God, Christ's church, faithfulness, getting to heaven, but move beyond noting a few things you do here and there as a leader that tells people that's important to you and think more of the overall direction, flow, and environment you are creating for those under your charge. What are you allowing to flourish by the way you have built that system, whether it's a Bible class that you're teaching, a church you're shepherding, or your marriage. Okay, so as we get ready to introduce question two, we'll talk more about the people under your charge, but you cannot expect them to be any more or any better than the culture you are creating, the culture that you believe in with which you lead them. So spend some time on that. Question two, how am I communicating that culture to my people? By my people, I mean those under my authority, my wife and children, if I'm a business owner, my employees, if I'm a Bible class teacher, my students, whatever it is, how am I going about taking this belief, this culture that I believe in and communicating it to? and inspiring the people under my charge. 
In the episode on business leadership, Ben Bergeron talked about how some company owner will have this great vision for what he wants, and twice a month he sends out an email reiterating to his employees what the vision is, and that's about it. He expects them to read it and understand it and implement it and fill out the details of his vision, and he can't understand why the people can't read. I mean, he wrote two emails. He went on to say, that's not how you communicate vision. That is impersonal. It is a couple of tiny little paragraphs. It passes as quickly as the next news blurb on your Yahoo page. The people need to hear you say it. They need to hear you explain it, defend it, laud it. You have to sell it to those people. They have to see it in you and see how much you believe it and begin to adopt that passion in them and follow you as you lead them to it. I feel like the applications of this are endless. Maybe you're an elder of a local church, and you say, you know, our culture has been very dry and self-focused. I want to help build a culture of evangelism. I want us to reach out into this community and lead people to Jesus. How awesome is that? So what next? Now you have to communicate that passion by sharing it with the members. They have to see you being evangelistic. You must rally them up and help them get involved and pass around information and create expectations and even accountability that say, all of us are working together to save souls. We're not talking about an announcement on a Wednesday night or a little blurb in the bulletin. We're talking about creating all-out buy-in with passion, repetition, and a good example. Now again, some husbands... Business leaders, elders, they don't even really know what they want their culture to be, so they don't even know what to be passionate about. That's question one. But once you've figured it out, it's time to sell that to the people that God has gifted you. You say, I don't know about that. Once I decide what has to be done, I'll just pass out the rules. Look, they can't make achievements in things that you believe if they don't believe it. Just like in last week's episode, you have to convince yourself that you believe in something important. You've got to do that for the people in your family as well. I don't just want to generically say, I hope the Emerson family has a faith, positive, unity culture, though I do very much value those things. I want to talk to my kids about it. I want to applaud and support everything they do that contributes to it. And I want to address things, even little things, that may pop up that don't. Passion is contagious, and that's how cultures change. All right, let's finish up with question three, and for this, we get outside of the system a little bit. Think about it in three phases. Question one, what culture am I building? That's really about me as a leader and what I'm passionate about. Question two, how am I communicating that culture to my people? So you start looking at the system you're creating and how those under your charge are being plugged into it. Question three moves outside of that and looks to the people who are outside of the system. What do others experience when they come in contact with our culture? 
I really like this question because it's outside of us and what we think about it. It really speaks to this. Is the culture we are building so clear and strong that when people come near us, they see it, they hear it, they feel it? Let me give you a couple of easy examples. If someone came and stayed in my home for a week, had dinner with my family, watched television with us before bed, heard our conversations, what would they come away thinking about us? What would they say we are about? I can tell you that my family culture is faithfulness and God-centered living, but would someone who visited me immediately pick up on that? It asks me to evaluate, is this culture working so well? Has it permeated us so entirely that anyone who comes near us will instantly pick up on it? I think about this all the time when it comes to the Lindale Church. A visitor comes in. They are not a part of our culture. They are not a leader who designed it. They are not members who carry it out. They just came to experience worship here. What do they think when they leave? I pray that they say, you know, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something about that church that is loving, that is accepting, that is spiritually engaged. I felt welcomed and uplifted. I mean, anybody can say, we have a friendly church. But if some stranger or visitor comes in and then leaves and says, that's a friendly church, well, you can believe them because they're not defending themselves. They're just telling you what it felt like to be near those people. In the episode, Ben Bergeron applies this to the customer who comes to your business. If your culture is what you want it to be, then the customer will instantly notice it. If it's a good culture, they'll be drawn to it. They can't even tell you exactly why. They just love what you're about. Whether you are the leader of your children, your home, a class, your neighborhood, a business, a church, whatever it is, sometimes you have to get outside of it and think, what do others see when they meet us? Are we communicating our values through our words, our attitude, the smiles on our faces, the things that we do in such a way that instantly strangers can pick up on it? And this is so important with churches and businesses We talk about a first impression, what people first felt when being near you. They rarely ever forget it. So let's lead. Let's lead with passion. Let's share that passion with our people. And let's leave a great impression on everyone who's near us. But all of that starts with three questions for leaders. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. As always, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for the email, order the three-month journal, or just catch up on old episodes. And also, if you are looking for financial advice or future planning, give John Cunningham a call today, 205-913-1720. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.